unexplained happenings seemingly happen no matter where you are on this earth. Welcome back to the SWAT my friends and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true unexplained and downright strange paranormal encounters. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Recently, I started streaming on Twitch. If you're a fan of horror games, encrypted games, and stuff like that, definitely check out the link in the description and join me over there. I stream twice a week for a minimum of 8 hours. Before we jump right into these allegedly true and unexplained paranormal encounters, today's episode is sponsored by Keen. What better sponsor than Keen for today's episode? If you're new to Keen, Keen provides access to vetted psychics and spiritual advisors who provide guidance and insight on life's challenges, clarity and love, relationships, career, and more. Keen is also one of the most affordable ways to get instant psychic readings by a professional at any time, 24-7. I myself went and had a reading with one of their spiritual advisors and honestly I can say it was quite an experience. I had never quite done anything like it. Keen is the most affordable way to meet new advisors. When you find the right advisor, developing an ongoing relationship leads to a number of benefits. Monthly intention settings, gaining clarity on the significance of synchronicities, chakra clearing, and any additional reasons you may have for coming. Each week, Keen sends its users discounts on readings. This makes Keen one of the most affordable ways to receive multiple readings. If you're a current Keen user, check your email to see this week's discounts. What are you waiting for, Swamp Folk? Join me and many others in the Swamp today getting spiritual readings, whether it's with your love, relationships, career, life challenges, or more. Go to trykeen.com slash swampdweller. Once again, that's trykeen.com slash swampdweller. T-R-Y-K-E-E-N dot com slash swampdweller. This is not my story, but it's one that's buzzed around our high school like wildfire when it happened. Back in 1972, a group of a dozen juniors and seniors went to a huge notorious cemetery within the confines of our city. It was not quite Halloween, yet it was Halloween Eve. It was nighttime. Back then, we called it the Beggar's Night, an extra night for trick-or-treaters to grab extra candy. The group was going to the cemetery as they had heard that witches practiced rituals there around Halloween. With them was an odd kid we will call Greg. Greg was very spiritual, which was very odd back in those days. He read books on witches, black magic, and the occult. It was even rumored he was a warlock himself. Despite his quirks, Greg was still an extremely popular kid at our school. The cemetery was huge, as well as old. Many famous people from our city's past are buried there, and stones date back over three centuries. It sits on the corner of two busy streets, but if you go out into the very heart of the cemetery, you cannot hear anything, not a single peep of traffic at all. It is surrounded on just three sides by a tall steel fence. 
Many people do not even notice the open side as it borders a neighborhood in a small patch of woods. This is how you get in when the gates are locked. It has a few old gothic looking buildings, including a now non-functioning crematorium. It has regular tours so people can see the famous and notable graves as well as some of the more ornate tombstones and mausoleums from past. Our group arrived at about 11pm on October 30th and began to explore the cemetery. They truly did not expect to see anything. They laughed, joked, and fooled around as they journeyed deeper into the cemetery. Their destination was a pond at the heart of the cemetery where the witches held their rituals. One of them suddenly told the group to quiet down, and as they did, they began to hear many voices. They moved quietly and could see a light beyond the crest of the hill that they were climbing. Once they reached the top and could see over, they saw a sign that made their blood run cold. In the valley was the pond. An exceptionally large bonfire illuminated the area around it. At least a dozen figures dressed in robes danced around the bonfire. Many others stood off to the side, similarly dressed, chanting in some unknown language. The group watched, cowering behind the tombstones. It was all so unreal. Suddenly, a few of the robed figures began to point in the direction of the hidden group. Others turned to look and they began to run up the hill toward the frightened high schoolers. Somebody finally yelled, Run! The whole group sprinted away in the direction they came, as best as they could remember in this mammoth cemetery in the dark. A couple looked back to see if they were being pursued and saw Greg, floating along behind them, glowing with a white light. The group made it somehow to the open side of the cemetery, and dashed out to the sidewalk to wait for the others. Streaming out one or two at a time, Greg was the last one out, no longer floating or glowing. They caught their breath, then ran out to the few cars they had come in, parked on a nearby street. The next day, the story of their adventure raced through the school. As I said earlier, like wildfire. Now comes my part of the story. When this happened, I was a freshman. I was too tall and too tort. So I hooked up with a friend of mine from Scouts who ran his own neighborhood spook house. Nothing major, just a little fright for the kids and he didn't even charge for it. It was just fun. Anyway, our crew of five decided that once we were done with the spook house on Halloween night, we were going to go to the cemetery to see if we could see anything. The kids were done by 9pm, so we cleaned up a bit and got ready to go. We all had working flashlights and pocket knives just in case. We arrived at about 10.30, found some good side street parking that was close, just in case we had to run for it and made our way through the open side of the cemetery. This was the newer section, so there really was not a lot of interest here. We walked down to where the buildings were, by the main gate and visited the crematorium. Before hiking up the roads that lead deeper into the older sections, we found an old crypt that was open, that only one of us had the guts to go stick our hand into. We stayed quiet and tried to not alert anyone to our presence. It was a long walk, but fortunately it was a clear night and the moon was bright enough to see very well. Eventually we came to a hill the previous group had come to. There was no firelight coming over the crest, nor any sounds of anyone there. 
We quietly reached the summit, and we were all shocked to see the pond in the valley below. Our hearts were racing. They had not been lying at all. We waited a bit to be sure no one was around, and then we descended. There was not anything terribly interesting around there. A few marble benches, a stone path around the pond, and tombstones beyond that. Then one of us stepped on something and it made a crackling noise, like walking on a dry twig. We all shine our flashlights down. It was charcoal, burned up wood. We had found the fire pit. Our hearts are really thumping now. We shined our lights around and found that it was probably five feet in diameter. It looked like it had not been there very long and it was rather fresh. It had rained a few nights before this and it showed no sign of drenching. So this was very recent. We whispered very softly among ourselves knowing that the whole story racing through our school was actually true now. We decided to stick around and see what happened. It was only 11.15 so we had some time before the witching hour. We went back up the hill and found some good hiding places. We were as quiet as we could be and our heads were on a swivel, so no one could sneak up on us. After some time though, we got restless and began to quietly chat. We heard not a sound of anyone coming. It was chillingly quiet. We held out until midnight, but we really did need to go. We hiked back out, getting momentarily lost until we picked up a few landmarks and heard traffic again. We did not bother to tell anyone about our trip, since we had nothing to add to the previous horror story. We figured everyone would think we were full of shit anyway. I have been in the cemetery many times over the years, both in daylight on tours and at night, but have never seen anything. Unfortunately, all that was cut short due to a streak of vandalism. They now have night guards and they walk and ride around the cemetery. It's still remarkably interesting to go and hike during the day. This is a short story, but 100% true. Roughly about seven or eight years ago, I was in a relationship. Let's call him James. James lived in a big house, which he shared with his brother, his brother's wife, and their kids. James had his own section of the house with a bedroom, bathroom, hallway, and set of stairs to go downstairs into the main part of the house and access to the garage. I would mostly sleep over on weekends as we lived about 45 minutes apart and I worked in the city. Before I begin with the story in detail, let me give you a layout of the bedroom. The bed's headboard was against a wall with a window to the right and glass sliding doors to the right as well, which opened into the upstairs porch. A big screen TV was in front of the bed to the left of the TV was a small hallway which led to a set of stairs that go downstairs. To the left of the bed, about seven feet, was a glass table and entertainment center which had a stereo system on top of it, which is key to the story. We always slept in the dark but the TV and cable did illuminate a little bit of the room because the lights and buttons all had LEDs. One night, which was just a regular night, nothing odd or out of the normal, James and I went to sleep. Keep in mind we were not drunk or high or under the influences of any other drug, and nor did we do any of those. I remember suddenly waking up feeling very uncomfortable. As I laid there on my back, staring at the ceiling, trying to figure out what was going on, I couldn't help but notice the feeling of a dense dread and doom 
it felt like something was bearing into my soul. I looked over to my left and James was fast asleep. As I was turning my head to the ceiling, my eyes caught a glimpse of something in the left corner of the wall by the entertainment system. As I looked over, I could see a big black mass and I immediately leapt out of my bed, yelling, no, no, no. That immediately woke James up. And immediately after that, the entire power of the house goes off and the smoke alarms start blaring. As the smoke alarms are emanating this loud, shrieking noise, I ran over to the hallway and was hysterically crying from pure fear. As I explained to James what I saw and what was happening to the best of my ability, as James was consoling me, he looked white in the face. After what seemed like an eternity, the smoke alarms finally stopped blaring and the power turned back on. As the TV and cable system lit up again, but that was the only light except for the moon. As we walked back to the bed and lay down, I still didn't feel right. I turned to look, and that black mass was still there. I sat up and faced my back to that wall, and James started to pray for whatever was in the room to go away. Eventually, from pure exhaustion, we fell asleep. The next morning, we were trying to figure out what had happened, and James told me something that literally sends a chill down to my spine every time I talk about it. James said he didn't want to tell me this last night, but when the power went off, James looked at the entertainment center, and the stereo system was turned on with the words that said, Hello, written across the screen. To this day, I can't figure out what the hell that thing was. Hello, Swamp Dweller. I hope you are well. I really enjoy listening to your channel and listening to the many different stories you narrate on it, which is why I've decided to share mine. Although I don't know where to start as it has been quite a long time since this happened, I was nine years old when it went down. To give you a little background on me, I am a female, currently 31 years old. I grew up in the Middle East, to be more specific, in Oman, which is where my stories take place. I am the second oldest of four. My father's house is a three-story villa in a large city that I will not name for privacy reasons. The ground floor of the villa is split into two even apartments. Both sides have three bedrooms, two bathrooms. The second floor is where I and my family grew up, and the third floor is the maid's quarters and then the rooftop. I remember growing up with my older sister, who suffered from very bad night terrors. She'd wake up the whole house with her screaming. This happened quite often. I'd say at least two to three times a week. I honestly think for her well-being, my parents sent her to Florida to live with my grandmother when she turned 13 years old. After my older sister was gone, I believe whatever it was was tormenting her at night, started tormenting me. You see, my father's house becomes very alive at night. We would hear pots and pans clanking and kitchen cabinets creaking open and slamming shut, footsteps running in the corridors of the house. But when we go and check to see who it is, there is no one there, and everyone is sound asleep throughout the house. As I have mentioned earlier, my sister is gone now. I have recently started hearing whispers. I couldn't make up what the whispers were as I tried my best to ignore them. However, I believe me ignoring whatever it was made it worse. 
I remember waking up in the middle of the night feeling like I was being watched. This kept on happening for quite a while. It was happening to not just me, but my siblings. They were also expressing fears. We all went to our parents and told them about these fears, and they decided that they will resolve the issue by buying nightlights for each bedroom. That way, none of us were sleeping in complete darkness. The nightlight sure made it a lot easier to fall asleep, and it was okay for a while. Skipping forward to my early teen years, I remember waking up at 3am because I really needed to go pee. I remember this night very well because it was very engraved in my mind. I woke up looking at the nightstand and the clock read 3am on the dot. I recall stumbling my way to the bedroom door to open it, and I heard what sounded like running footsteps headed toward the bathroom. Thinking to myself, huh, my sister must be up too and running toward the bathroom. So I opened my bedroom door so quietly and looked to my right, which is where my younger sister's room is. Her door was shut. I thought that was odd. If she was running to the bathroom, her door should be open. I opened her door and saw that she was sound asleep. So I closed it and proceeded to head to the bathroom, which is about 30 steps to the left of my bedroom door. Halfway down the corridor, I stopped dead in my tracks because I started hearing the clinking of pots and pans, kitchen cabinets opening and closing, and that made me call out for my youngest sibling, my brother. As soon as I said his name, everything stopped and I heard the bathroom door creak open. And I kid you not, three dark figures with red glowing eyes floated out of the bathroom toward me. These figures were like no face from Spirited Away, but without the mask, and two of them were so tall. They had to crouch down, creating an upside-down L-shape as they tried to fit between the space of the floor and the ceiling. I froze in fear as they floated past me. As I was not even there, it's almost like they didn't even notice me. I was so scared to make a sound that I thought, maybe they just didn't see me, I don't know. I waited for what felt like forever before I turned around to see that they were gone. I didn't go to the bathroom. Instead, I ran back to my bedroom and held the urge to pee until I heard my maid come in and get things ready for breakfast. This is what set things in motion, because from that night or morning on, I kept waking up at 3am on the dot, always seeing a cloud-like shadow with red glowing beady eyes bouncing at the foot of my bed. I would have nightmares that I am falling into an endless black abyss and jolt out of my sleep, and of course it's always 3am and that little thing will be bouncing at the foot of my bed. Sometimes, it's the small figure, other times it's a big one. They're always glaring at me though from the darkest corner of my bedroom. This kept on for what felt like forever, until things progressed a bit, and now my bedroom became a playground for these entities. I started to suffer from severe depression, and I would hear whispers telling me to end my life. Things got worse after my parents separated and my mom moved to the United States. My depression got worse, and the reoccurring dream of me falling into a black abyss started to become more and more realistic. I've started to do badly at school since I've started to stay awake all night. These entities started to get into my head, and I've tried to end my life a couple of times, but thanks to my maid, I am still here. There have been so many incidents at my father's house that I'll send to you. I just thought these entities take the cake as they have changed my life forever. I ended up leaving my dad's house and moving to the United States at the age of 15. 
I have had the falling down the dark abyss nightmares for a while after the big move. I sleep with some sort of nightlight on all the time, and some sort of background noise is always playing these days. Usually it's your show, playing on my YouTube app on my boyfriend's TV. I have a hard time falling asleep and still suffer from severe depression and anxiety. However, I do think it's a combination of the things that went bump in the night and life in general. Now I live in Florida. I no longer see these figures, but I think my experience made me much more aware of the paranormal. Hi, so I've been watching your channel for a while. I'm listening to your stories while writing this. I have many stories, but for now, this story is one that has always left me puzzled. So, for some background, I was in sixth grade when this occurred. My beautiful grandmother that I loved dearly passed away about a week prior to this occurrence. So it was the first day my sister and I were going back to school since her passing. It was the morning and my sister and I were catching the bus in front of our house. We had a house key that we kept in a magnetic box. I remember specifically checking to make sure that the key was there because I was notorious for losing my house key and my dad had to change our locks quite a few times and he was livid each time from doing so. So I had learned my lesson and was extra careful about where I placed my key. So after I checked and made sure the key was still there, I zipped up my backpack and hurried out the door for the bus. The bus pulled up and I turned around to lock the door and to my complete, utter confusion and fear, my house key vanished. It was nowhere in my bag. I dumped all of my contents out onto the porch, freaking out and telling my sister, it's not here, it's not here. My sister, who was in third grade at this time, said, yes, I saw you put it in there five minutes ago, look harder. At this point, the bus is growing impatient, waiting on us, so I tell my sister to go ahead and I'll stay behind and call my parents for a ride or something like that. My sister insists on staying with me and she'll help me look and explain what happened to my parents. So the bus leaves. We call my parents, and of course my dad is mad I lost the key again. So we call our aunt down the road to give us a ride to school. She said she'll be there in 20 minutes. We use that time to turn the house upside down to find the key. I'm looking and my sister's looking at our front window, making sure our aunt is not there waiting for us yet. Okay, for some description of this window so you understand, we live in a house built in the 70s so we have a huge front window that sees out to our mailbox and road. But we have a closed off area with a gate that leads to the front door. In that area are huge bushes and trees that makes it hard to see into the window, but not hard to see out of it. As my sister's looking out the window, she starts whispering, yelling, Des, Des, there's someone in our yard. I get mad and tell her to stop it. This isn't the time to play games. She was always pulling crap like that so I didn't believe her at first, but she starts trembling and her face goes white, so I get curious and I go and look out the window. Since I'm much taller, I pull open the blinds and sure enough, there's a guy in a mechanic suit with a big bag standing by our mailbox. We both look at each other at the same time and he drops down and crouches, scooting into the bushes. I absolutely flip and tell my sister to call my dad and I run around locking all the doors and windows and then grab the biggest two knives in my kitchen. I hide my sister in her closet, underneath all of her stuffed animals and stuff, and hand her a knife. 
She's hyperventilating at this point, and I can hear my dad on the phone saying call 911. So I hung up and called them. As I'm on the phone with the operator, I hear footsteps in the backyard, which is all gravel, so it's a distinct sound. The guy then starts trying the windows, and to my horror, the, the window, it starts moving. I'm not even scared at this point. I'm just pissed. So I crouch under the window, knife in hand, and get ready to stab the shit out of whatever body part he sticks through the window. Honestly, I was hoping it was his face because he was about to lose an eyeball. At that moment, I heard the guy fool off, sprint, and go the opposite direction. I stood up and saw him hopping my neighbor's fence. Confused, I just stand there for a few minutes when I see a police officer come around the corner of the back wall. Not realizing I still had the knife raised, the cop looked at me and jumped, and I jumped, and then I hear my dad bust through the door, looking like a madman. He was ready to rip someone to shreds. We explain everything to him and he says he was driving up the road and he saw a guy running through the alley that fits the description. This guy was also in a mechanic suit. So the cops go and try to find him. They eventually did and found the bag and suit. They bring him back for us to identify. The cops informed us he lived two houses down from us and was wanted in California for armed robbery and, you know, R word charges. This guy must have been watching our house and assumed we got on the bus when it stopped. As my family and I are sitting in the living room and talking about everything I told them, I put the key in here as I unzip my backpack and look, the key is there. My sister and I are dumbfounded and don't even know how to explain that it was there because it truly was not before. I think my grandma knew that if we left for school that day, something bad would have happened, so I think she made the key disappear. That was a very unsettling experience that I'll never forget. Thanks for listening to these creepy and unexplainable paranormal encounters sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have an experience that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's an unexplainable experience or something entirely different, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed tonight's episode, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, give this a 5-star rating, as it really helps me over there a ton and is incredibly appreciated. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but would still like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of all that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Twitch as I stream over there multiple times a week. Right now, I'm currently streaming A Plague Tale Innocence, it's one of my favorite games so far based in the Spanish Inquisition. Definitely come join me over there. You can find a link in the description. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.